Welcome, everybody, to the 16th episode of the uh, Dunkin' with Dom podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Dominic Chapone, uh, joined today by another lovely guest, uh, Hannah Gardner. Hannah, welcome to the Dunkin' with Dom pod. Hi, Dom. I'm so excited to be here. All right. Well, Hannah, I want to get started here because I've done a lot of like sports stuff. I usually don't have the... A lot of pods dedicated to, you know, more like real life stuff, cultural stuff, uh, things about like music or movies, all that. Uh, but I feel like there's a pretty interesting time here um, because around this time, it was about a month. It's about a month and basically a year anniversary since like lockdown ended. And we started to see a transition back into somewhat of a normal society. It was pretty weird and all that. So I just want to do like a little conversation about like this little weird month thing we had between like that March 14 date and like around this time where we started seeing that end of like the very, very strict lockdown that everyone calls it now. And obviously there's a very loose interpretation of that. So first of all, I want to start with like your first day, like of that you knew like everything was going uh, to hell because obviously Florida and New York were on two probably different timelines. I know from Florida, we were more of like a national thing. Like once like everyone shut down, we were part of it. But I think New York was a little bit ahead of the curve given that um, obviously y'all had COVID earlier. So just explain a little bit of that. And like, I, I don't know, like your story in that sense. Yeah. So actually, it's kind of funny because last day I was in school was Friday the 13th. <laughs> so I, everyone kind of thought it was funny that that's the day we shut down. But originally, obviously, everyone knew COVID was going to come eventually. We just thought we'd have much longer until it actually arrived. So Friday the 13th was a Friday, obviously. And I was, remember being in my AP environmental science class. And we were all just talking like theories about how quickly we'd get here once school shut down and everyone in my area assumed we have at least another week to like pack up our stuff grab everything get materials and all that and then that Sunday we got an email from the superintendent that pretty much said okay there will be no Monday classes so we can try figure out COVID two hours later there'll be no classes for the whole week another hour later school will be shut down until further notice so all in the span of like four or five hours, everything went from one day to no more school pretty much in person. So I can't speak for Florida, but I know that things kind of shut down pretty quickly in my area. Everyone was really confused, obviously, because it's not, nothing like this had ever happened before. So it was very scary, to be honest. And my mom, I adore the woman, but she was frantic. I was not allowed to see anyone. I, was, I wasn't allowed to see my dad because they live in two separate houses. So I couldn't see my dad for a month or at least like very like within six feet or without a mask. So it just, it was a very scary time and very confusing time for sure. You know, confusing is one way to describe it because I feel like that, like exactly how you put it. Ironically enough, similar in Florida, it was kind of the same thing. So back in my school, they kind of did the same thing. I remember we had like a little assembly around like 11 a.m. and they were like, oh, we're going to maybe do this or maybe do that. And then like literally two hours later, they go, oh, it's over. Like, we're going online. There was like the weird thing of like, oh, we'll be back in a month, quote unquote, like uh, after spring break, we'll all be back to normal. Everything will all be good in the neighborhood. Uh, I, I don't know. How, I guess obviously it probably didn't work out in New York and it definitely didn't work out in Florida regarding, you know, coming back to school. Oh, or, not at all. <laughs> yeah. And it was a very weird time, I think, because I know literally nobody knew what to do. Like I had a, a feeling that this would happen. Um because obviously, like, I guess back in high school, I did speech and debate, and I knew, like, obviously, like, what's going on in the world, and, like, my, the last speech and debate tournament I had was, like, like March 3rd, so we're talking about literally, like, a week and a half before, like, everything ended, and I kind of had a, I don't know if, like, you had a feeling around that lines, but I definitely knew, like, something was up, like, especially, like, in the United States. You see, the thing is, I think I was fairly ignorant to what was going on. I knew it was a very deadly disease. I knew that was spreading. I guess I just didn't comprehend how fast it spread, 
obviously I was pretty wary of it. I didn't want to travel or anything of the such, but I thought that I was safe in my little bubble in my little town and that I would be safe for a longer period of time than I was. So I think that when everything finally hit, hit the fan, when shit hit the fan, that it was very eye-opening and very scary because I come from a very safe area. So I'm not used to being exposed to like anything dangerous, if that makes sense, let alone a deadly disease. So I guess everyone in my area is on the same wavelength. We're all like, okay, it's going to hit eventually, but at that point we'll all be safer. Little did we know it got there way sooner than we expected it to. And at one point, my county actually had the highest number of COVID cases. Yeah, no, definitely. The funny thing is actually Buffalo and Miami share a lot of similarities regarding that because we had um, obviously two very decently sized um, towns, a pretty decent population concentration, but also with similar circumstances. I mean, you had basically um, a lot of COVID cases in both counties. It was weird because they both kind of share similar geographic, like, divisions is a lot of like a very concentrated urban tenor surrounded by suburban towns and basically we both saw like similar patterns there was obviously like a brief shutdown uh in terms of like you know buying products i remember like meats and like toilet paper and all these random things were gone for like three months and the toilet paper thing was weird but some of the other stuff like it was a little bit more justified uh i guess like explain kind of like what like what did you guys do like in the upcoming like the after like we knew everything was like shutting down we were like going to be online classes uh, we're going to be like home for a while. Like, what did you guys, uh, what was like the preparation period, I guess, for uh, your family? So I'm very happy that my mom is as time oriented and is like detail oriented as she is, because even like a week prior to everything going to hell, she was starting to stock up slowly, not as much toilet paper as like other like canned foods, like water bottles, just like more basic necessities that we might need that like we didn't have just yet. Um, yeah, I would say she was very wary about like getting meats and everything just because she didn't know how long they'd last. And it was only her and I in the house, so she didn't want to get a lot of food that we weren't going to eat. It was pretty sad, though, because I only saw my mom. I was locked inside my house completely for almost two months. Like I said earlier, I couldn't really see my dad because they're divorced. They live in separate houses. And we didn't really know how COVID worked at that time. Like we had like on um in our garage, we had like different setups for each day of the week for mail. We had to wait the entire week to open up a package. I mean, to sanitize everything before it came to the house. I was still working at this point because I was an essential worker, even though I made subs. And so whenever I came home from work, I'd have to strip down naked in the garage, immediately go take a shower, wash my hands four times, sanitize my phone, everything, because we were so scared. And obviously at the time being, I wasn't as appreciative as I am now looking back at it, knowing more. Because at that time, everything, like, it was going to hell, but no one really knew how it worked. Everyone was really frantic and reasonably so. But it's definitely a very stressful time. And as for school, I was already hitting my senioritis phase. So this just really didn't help going to online I think, school. I think everyone was probably hitting the senioritis phase. Yeah. Um, I got very lucky, though, because my school did a system where they took the average of the first three quarters, and your fourth quarter grade cannot be lower than that, than that average. And I was a pretty strong student in most cases. So I ended up with like a 96 average for the fourth quarter doing maybe one assignment for that entire like two or three period month. So that was pretty sweet. But yeah, I that's pretty much how it went for me. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Obviously, the school thing is a big component of this because it was a really bad, like bad might be an understatement, but it was pretty weird to say the least because 
for a lot of seniors, remember college decisions haven't been released yet. I remember when I was around that time, I still like was still not committed to Syracuse. I still was getting acceptances because the acceptances they're due April one, I'm pretty sure. And you don't have to submit to your May, till May 1st. So that was weird. You had like the whole effect of how does this affect future kids? Because obviously, like if you're still a now, like a now senior who was then a junior and et cetera, your grades still mattered uh, for obviously like your now uh, application. Mm -hmm. Grades still matter if you were a senior, because obviously like you can't go to college if you have a 1.9 GPA, like if the college has the right to like, you know, deny you. And I don't know how the, I, I, it was completely weird at my school because they did a lot, like a ton of busy work, like literally tons of busy work. They would do like all these worksheets stuff just because they were like, oh, if we're not doing anything, I guess, you know, we got to keep us busy. And it was, I don't know, like, obviously, I guess it was a little bit different for you. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I was pretty fortunate that obviously they were still figuring things out. So that's part of the system is they just didn't know what to do. So they're trying really to like work around it and like help the students in every way they could. I personally feel bad for my friends who were juniors and are now seniors because they were continuously worried about their um, AP tests, their um, SATs, their ACTs and all that, because obviously they were unable to take them in person. And I can speak for myself. I can't, I don't know if I can speak for you, but a lot of colleges look for those AT, AST, ACT and SAT grades. So they were very nervous about that. And not to mention like prom and such. Um, my school personally has like a junior prom, but we call it a junior dinner dance and then a senior prom. Obviously I missed out on the senior prom, but I think of the juniors who have missed out on their junior and senior prom and how much it must suck for them. Yeah, no, definitely the uh, ACT and the SAT and all that stuff is super important, uh, obviously. Um, especially it was weird because obviously the, the SAT, they outright canceled and the ACT temperature, they outright canceled. But like for the AP exams, they did this whole like online thing where it's like, we're going to take it like in this one month thing. It was like some of the AP classes, there was like one question. Like I remember for the AP Englishes, they would do like one, yeah. one question, one um one like one weird, essay. yeah one essay one reading and like that reading determined whether you pass the class or not uh, and, and there and then there was the inverse there were a lot of places that literally said we don't we won't factor in grades like there's some universities that did that i know in either florida or but definitely some other states they literally said like there won't be a gpa for the second semester like everyone passes like no one's no one's getting dropped out no one's you know of going behind or staying behind or you could do it but you don't have to and even like in like I know I know you don't want to talk much about sports because it's not your forte but even in the sports world they did that too they allowed um for like the uh, college students they allowed them an extra year of eligibility to play and return in those sports they allowed um kids to basically stay the extra year to either maintain their studies so that they at least at the bare minimum had a degree or an opportunity to go pro so it definitely changed obviously a lot uh, I want to focus to a, uh, an interesting topic here, and that's more of like the social norms aspect of this because obviously a lot has changed uh between you know like that day and obviously now uh and the weird thing is uh probably um like what we did during quarantine because I feel like like there was a lot of habits that literally came out of nowhere uh, and I guess you're more you're definitely agreeing on this there were a lot of habits that came out of nowhere that we did not expect to happen that ended up happening yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think that everyone being forced into isolation, especially those who identify as like extroverted versus introverted and was used to being in a very social setting struggled. Like I personally, I identify, not identify, but I see myself as an extrovert, even though I do need a few hours alone to myself, but having every day, all day, just completely alone was very rough. Um, I ended up actually meeting my roommate um, online and we got to know each other even more, including another group of our friends. Because what else did we have to do? Everyone just talked online. Everyone, TikTok got really big. Not that it wasn't big before, but it just really went insane with all the trends. There was like the bingo challenges. I remember everyone was doing the um, 
there's like a coffee trend on TikTok with like where you'd like froth it or something like that. And it would be like whipped. Yeah, we, we got really in. bored really quick. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, yeah, there's a lot of weird trends that came out of nowhere. Everyone just wanted something to do. So they just did the weirdest things possible. Yeah, I feel like the first month was defined more as like a, everyone did the same thing. I feel like there's a lot of people staying at home. Um, there was a lot of people... Um, uh, just doing a lot of like uh, honestly like, just trying to bypass the time there were a lot I know there were a lot of people like did reading they were watching a bunch of old films I know a bunch of basketball junkies that were like literally watching the old games so they played them a lot on like the uh the basketball channel um but I think the, I think the strange thing is that I feel like starting in April around this time we saw like a divergence where literally it was like the camp of the people who wanted to stay and like kept doing the same thing they were doing in March and April until like basically the summer the people who are who did it even longer, like upwards of like till like November, almost like that late fall, early winter type things. And the people who, like mainly in Florida and also a lot of Southern states who basically said, we're going to at least attempt for better or worse to go back to normalcy. Cause I remember there were a lot of the culture back in like March was don't visit anybody. Like even like, even if it was like somebody as like crazy as like your parent, I remember obviously like I'm in a divorce household and I saw them like once a week, but we wouldn't switch houses until like, you know, six days, five days, instead of, you know, like it used to be like a three day type thing. Yeah, I think it's very interesting just like because we also tended to go back to normalcy like late summer because our cases were like going pretty low, nowhere near zero, but way better than they had been the entire time before. And places started slowly opening up kind of where we are right now, if not a little bit less, where it was more like outside seating because it was nicer weather. You could easily separate people and there's like fresh air, but then things started to go awry again. And so we ended up having to go back to square one. But I think it's like very it's just very interesting time and I would like to hope that where we are now especially with the vaccine being released and more people getting it that we can slowly attempt to go back to normalcy even though it's not going to be immediate which is very important to remember that we can't just get the vaccine and jump right back into society just as we had been prior to March last year. Yeah, that was also another interesting topic was obviously the, the issue of like how long would this be? Because on the one hand, there's been like similar, these types of viruses have been similar before. And like, usually they occur every a hundred years or so. I mean, there's like the uh, yellow fever in the uh, 20th century. There was, I think a huge outbreak of influenza or mumps like in the previous century. There's always one like every 100 years or so that like, just like does a number on the human population. But the interesting thing about this one that made it scary was how fast it happened. Like literally it's almost like we were watching on the news, even though like it's been happening, like, it was developing over like six or seven months. And yet it felt like every day, like time got lost. So it's like everything was happening so much. And like literally like the last year felt like it took like seven years for it to actually like, you know, go through it. Oh, definitely. It, it's obviously, like you said, there's been other diseases before, but this one spread so rapidly that no one knew, we knew it was coming, but we didn't know the speed in which it was coming. So that was very scary. Um, I don't know it's just it's really insane to me like looking back because obviously now we most of us wear masks in public or we should still be wearing masks in public and the idea, like when you see someone without a mask in public it's weird to you now but if you had seen someone wearing a mask in public before March last year you'd think it was weird so it's just crazy how like the dynamic completely shifted I guess. 
Yeah, it's funny enough because like obviously like I so um you obviously know I work at Starbucks and I've never held a job without wearing a mask if that makes sense. Like every every hour I've worked at Starbucks I've had a mask on and I have never had the uh, experience of like working without a mask like with other people and it's just like weird like literally in retrospect you think of, like all the stuff we were doing like while COVID was going on, like activities were still in full swing like in February we were like on all these trips or at the very least doing all these like senior activities at our school we have a bunch of stuff planned and literally it just looks like a wall and all of a sudden all that's basically gone. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I feel like COVID kind of kickstarted this awful phase we've all been going through between COVID, forest fires, um, most recently, like the elections, the Capitol. It's all just crazy. And obviously, things happened before COVID that was awful and terrible. But I can't help but feeling like COVID just kind of kickstarted this shit show. Uh, oh, yeah, that that's the best way. Through. That's the cleanest way to put it. <laughs> There's no other way. It was completely a shit show. I, I remember. Put... Oh no! Go ahead, I remember. Go ahead. I remember us like sitting on the couches in the lounge, like watching the election, just like staring at the screen, complete fear. Um, all of us having our masks on because obviously COVID is still going on. It just felt like, with the smallest change, the world was going to end, and everyone was terrified for the results. I want to touch on that just a little bit, not the election part, but rather the other part. Did you think that you would be on a college campus in August or were you not, at least like back like in the round this time, or were you not so optimistic? So I was very torn because obviously I really want to be in the college atmosphere. I wanted to get out of my house, meet new people. But at the same time, I know that my school and a bunch of colleges were very wary about letting students back on. Or there was like a huge disarray between colleges who were like, yeah, come on the campus, you'll be fine. Like my one friend goes to Alabama and she had like close to no regulations at her school. So a bunch of kids started getting COVID versus other schools who didn't even let their kids come on campus. So I was very torn whether or not Syracuse would even let us on campus, to be honest. Um, I got accepted back in February because I had a scholarship. So I knew I was going to Syracuse. So it was more of <laughs> <Did> wondering <I? laughs> would I still be stuck <laughs> but it's more of like wondering would I be stuck in my house for an entire semester just cooped up in my room which I was terrified of or would I be on campus so it was just that weird confusion so I had hoped so and obviously I held out hope that we would be but I was not positive because I had known better than to be like 100% confident that we're like oh yeah we'll definitely be on campus yeah, and this was another case where like there was this went like in literally a hundred different directions. I remember like U Alabama and like FSU and some of those institutions were basically saying, "Oh, we're just gonna have a normal semester." Obviously, like maybe give or take a couple of regulations, but for the most part, we're good. And then you had like some like USC, like the University of South Carolina, literally said like we're closed for an entire year. Like right now, as we're speaking, they don't have any in-person classes at all because they already made the decision. And it's crazy how it affects people. Like I remember there, I have like guys at USC right now who like all of their friends are guys that they have in classes and we can both attest like that's not true in college at all uh, like none of like no more than like you know a couple people at most like a, a hand count at best are people we're even like talking to now usually it's just not how that works it's very rare that you know somebody meet in class is obviously gonna be somebody that you're not gonna be besties down the road with yeah i mean that's why i'm kind of fortunate that sororities and well greek life as a whole was still active this year Obviously, um, some fraternities and sororities are better than others with keeping with COVID guidelines and staying safe and like just staying separated. But it's been a very nice way to meet more people because, like you said, we don't really have any options of how, like how to meet people aside from people in our dorm building, which is great. But you want to get to more people on campus and you have classes, but since it's online, you can only do so much. 
So I feel like Greek life has been very helpful with like at least an extra 20 to 60 people to meet. Yeah, no, that was obviously a big scare coming. To, it's already a big scare coming to colleges. It is like trying to meet new people. I haven't had anybody from my school come here literally over a decade. Um, and obviously, like you knew some people in the area, but still like it's a it's a refreshing start for everybody. Like literally the high school and like middle school core we all had is gone. The hometown people are more likely than not not coming to the same place as you. And that's what happened with me. And it was definitely interesting. It was crazy trying to like make friends because obviously we knew like with some of the regulations, it's going to be mainly like sticking with the dorm people. Like there was really not much else to do. The at least here on campus, the frats and sororities didn't do anything like last semester. So that was definitely an interesting dynamic to say the least. Yeah, I agree. And I think that because we're all kind of stuck in the dorm, everyone not clicky but everyone felt so inclined to create a friend group so they didn't feel left out but at the same time I'm kind of thankful to COVID as weird as that sounds because I had friends in other buildings I was way closer with that I met during quarantine through online course because COVID safety but I probably would have been their buildings more and I probably wouldn't have gotten to know you or like many of the people like Dan, Nardine, and like all of our other friends. So at the same time, it's been nice that we're almost cooped up because it forces us to like meet the people we live around. That's an interesting point that I wanted to bring up is I think that's like one of the most underrated aspects that I liked because the big conflict was like, if everything was like in a normal semester, people would have been going to other people's dorms. They would obviously be interacting with more, but you weren't guaranteed, I guess more guaranteed to meet people. Like I think, I feel like locking everyone up in their dorm actually like helped people like, work with the people around like we like to do events on the different floors with like watching a movie or you know playing poker or like th that those events wouldn't happen if we didn't have like strict rules like forbidding people to go to like other dorms but now because of that it actually allowed for like, i guess like a tighter knit community that you know if they weren't going to be best at the very least you get to know each other you know like figure out how like they interact with other people i completely agree and i'm on the same page like like I said earlier, it kind of, it sucks, obviously, that we're on one hand cooped up and we can't meet more people, but at least we're able to meet the people we're very close to now in the building. I want to focus on one last topic and we can spend like 10-ish minutes or 15 on this, but obviously I want to focus on like, what do we do during uh, this lockdown period? Because there was obviously some weird stuff that we did. Uh, so I don't know, what was just some of you, like things you saw like around your neighborhood that like people did? Because I can tell you, there was some stuff that I've never seen that many people in my neighborhood exercising and doing all these random outdoor activities ever in my life before. So during quarantine, I did a few different things to cure my boredom. Um, I picked up ukulele, which I was not expecting myself to do. I'm not good at it, just to clarify. But there's um, like, it's not Guitar Hero, but it's like a guy who shows you how they like popular songs on guitar ukulele. So I did a lot of those, especially at 2 a.m. when I was really poor. My mom was not happy with that, but because she had to work at 6 a.m. But um, I don't know. I tried exercising, like Chloe Teen workouts were huge at one point. I did not get through more than one week because my dedication was not there, but it was so hard. But um, I got very into YouTube and TikTok. I spent most of my time on there. I'm a big anime nerd, as you know. So I got even further into my anime hole. I think I watched maybe 20 to 30 animes when I was in quarantine because there was nothing else to do. And I also read a lot. I got really into classic novels. Yeah, no, the big trend was definitely a exercising. There were like people like running around the neighborhood. All of the parks were basically closed because obviously they're state and nationally owned, at least for that first month. So everyone would like go around the neighborhood and then, you know, like 
play spike ball in the front of their yard. They would do um, like running around, like pushups in the front of the yard, stuff like that. Two, the binge watch craze is absolutely insane. Like literally whatever hobby you love, you basically watched. Uh, I know so many people who like, for instance, were into Star Wars and they would mow through all like the movies, like the cartoon show, which has like a gajillion seasons. There were people who like, I never seen different shows before. Like I remember like there was a huge way for like The Walking Dead and um, some of these, like, I guess like mid 2010 shows that, you know, people never got to watch as a kid. I know that I watched a lot of movies that I never saw growing up. Uh, like Fallen Earth Stars. Uh, I'm trying to think of a couple others. Uh, I know people who were like into Marvel and they would like, they mowed through that entire thing like three, two or three times probably. Uh, I'm guessing, yeah, that was probably definitely a big trend uh, in both, uh, basically across the country, yeah. Yeah, I definitely binge watched a bunch of shows. Like my mom and I binge watched Jits Creek together. Don't mean to brag, we watched it before it was popular. <laughs> Um, but just stuff like that. Um, and I'm also fortunate enough to have a car. So once it was like late April, my mom let me hang out with my one other friend because her parents were also quarantined to their house. So she had not left the house in a month and a half, neither had I. So it was very safe to do so. And it was just her and I hanging out. We also hung, used masks the first like week or two we hung out, but we just drive around everywhere aimlessly because there's literally nothing else to do. Yeah, that was actually an interesting trend that I noticed around like mid to late April is that people basically doing like the slow dance out of like their house, like other places, like they would do like little hangout with a group of five or six uh, at somebody's house and they do like the same people over and over again to, you know, like, I guess like minimize risk, they would do like um there was not much really to do because obviously COVID testing wasn't super accessible like that was back in the days of like you know like people like there were barely masks and like you know like the little nose things and swabs and all stuff that's like feels like 18 years ago yeah. um it was just like people a still don't know how to wear their masks though yeah and people still don't know now obviously but it was definitely a different time regarding that it was just crazy how like everyone had the same mindset of like we're not going to hang. It was almost like everyone was like following like the same like narrative of, of like sorts where like people stay in their home for like basically at least for the most part, like a month or so, give or take like a week or so. And then they started doing like the slow group gatherings. And then they basically returned to what we are now, which is the total normalcy with like a couple asterisks where like, it's like, there are some things we can't do, but for the most part, we're uh, acting as if like we're in a new world. It was definitely very frustrating because obviously the first like two months of COVID things were still really, really bad and only getting worse. And kind of like you said, how people would like be in groups, except it was like large groups, no masks, just all over the place partying. And it was very stressful to watch because I remember my mom told me about this story that was on the news. Um, it was in my area, but it was like an area close by, I believe where I got, they went, they had like COVID parties where someone had COVID and like everyone like joked about trying to get COVID at the party. Um, a guy actually did get COVID and on his deathbed in the hospital said, I think I made the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah, that, 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 that didn't, that didn't <laughs> age well. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like COVID parties were so weird to me that people were like, because obviously it's sci scientific, like it's scientific that like COVID is, like it kills you. It weakens your immune system so hard that you die. And I'm like even saying that right, but overall it's just really bad. And so the fact that people would go out and purposely try to get such a deadly disease astounds me. Yeah, and the funny part about that is like that literally happened a lot in Florida. I remember like the beaches were closed and literally like people would just go to the beaches like in like massive groups. Like literally like there was like photos on like all these like websites that literally like lined up straight down the coast with people. And, like you couldn't even see the sand because of how many people there were. And the funny thing is, I think what made it so stressful is that we kept like, there was no definitive date and there still is no definitive date as to like when everything like 
goes back to like the normal world quote unquote because i remember like back in april everyone's like oh by like may or june everything will be okay and then people were like oh by the end of the summer no no now everything will be okay and then everyone's like oh by the new year everything will be okay and we're still basically almost halfway through this year crazy enough for about like uh, four going on five months and we're still here and we're still not done quite yet i and this is a non-popular opinion but i do not think we're going to be back into complete normalcy until either the very end of this year or the beginning of next year, because we have to think about the vaccines. It's great that you and I, for example, have the vaccine, so we are protected, but that doesn't mean we can't get COVID. So until the majority of people, if not all people have the said vaccine, we cannot return to normalcy because there's still a chance of people dying from it, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, and also factoring how this is just one country and there's a gajillion others um and yeah and obviously there's the new variants there's obviously questions on like can like countries give access to enough people because we've already seen even like here for as like rich as we are it's been very difficult for some people to get the vaccine like it literally depending on where you live depends on if you have access or not like literally look at like new york and pennsylvania where in new york any one of us could have practically gotten the vaccine and in pennsylvania literally people are still waiting which is absolutely ridiculous and obviously that's a big question i i was actually talking to my sorority about this um, yesterday, we were having a meeting about equality, and it came up with the topic of the COVID vaccine and how unfortunate it is that we live in Syracuse, obviously, for the moment, because we go to Syracuse. Um, many residents of Syracuse are unable to get the vaccine because we're taking it all of them. And a lot of, a lot of students, and I'm sure it's unintentional, are putting down that we live in, um, I think it's like residence facilities or something like that on like the um cdc website where you're like eligible to get the vaccine which we do not live in those areas those are meant for like homeless shelters and like that those kind of buildings so while we're fortunate enough to get them but people are taking the vaccines from like um re residents of syracuse who actually probably need the vaccine who might have um an autoimmune disease or something similar that could kill them if they got the disease and they're not getting the treatment they need because we're busy taking all of their shots yeah, and it's one thing if it's like you and me or like other people who like actually like work on campus because like obviously like working is a risk like literally the back at where I worked there was a like we had a couple of days where we literally couldn't open the store because somebody tested positive and they were like doing the whole like you know like uh, connecting the dots to figure out what was going on there. But then you had like like there are a bunch of people on this campus who literally the reason they wanted to get the vaccine was congregated living like just because they live in a dorm they automatically are qualified. But then there's people like my grandma like literally in Pennsylvania where it's like she's you know above seven years old like literally can't leave the house and like you know has to touch everything with like a twelve foot pole because she can't go near anybody, and yet like she's not getting the second shot until like a week or two from now, which is absolutely insane uh, considering like obviously the lack of appointments and like. Now, I guess, how readily available it is. Yeah, like you said about working, um, I love my job, but at the same time, there are people who come with masks or proper, improperly wear their masks all the time. And we don't have any barriers. It's face-to-face -face contact. So I've said like not kissing, but there's nothing there to protect <laughs> me from. No, protect me from like, yeah, so it's very hard. So that's why I'm really happy I got the vaccine because I had legitimately no barriers of protection. But I feel like a lot of students who did the vaccine use the excuse of like, just to party. Like I'm thinking back to, was it Castle? The, oh, uh, White Castle. Yeah, the White Castle, huge breakout. Like obviously I was very happy we all got into like the Sweet 16 basketball, that was insane. But the partying that went on was extensive and so unnecessary. And then the tab posted, it's like a bunch of like polls and like comments about how it was so mixed and, honestly very upsetting how people were like 
the same I'm on where it's obviously I want to party and have fun, but at the same time, we need to stay safe until we can do that versus people are like, if you're scared, then just stay home. And I felt like it was very ignorant to people who don't, aren't able to get the vaccine yet. Like you said, they're very high in demand, obviously. And there's only so many shots available and people aren't able to get those shots yet. My roommate, for example, she was just able to get this past week. I have friends back at home who have not, who are eligible, but they don't just simply do not have enough shots in order to get it. So it's just very stressful situation. Yeah, the interesting thing is, like, I've actually heard that a lot, especially on, like, a lot of the, uh, not obviously mine, but a lot of the other fraternities, that they're like, you have to get the vaccine so that you can go back to normal, like, literally, and it's like, well, yes, but, like, they're doing it not in the way of being, like, normal, like, normal life, they're doing it in the normal way of, like, we can return back to, like, the old frat ways of, like, you know, mass parties and excessive drinking and, like, all that stuff, and the funny thing is that, um, I guess what makes this very interesting is like it, it goes back to what our conversation uh, was originally and that the culture has definitely changed between now and what it was in April. Because I remember like first the other day I was working and like there were three nurses. So it's like an older nurse, or an, a gentleman nurse and then two like female nurses. And one of the baristas goes, um, put up your mask and the gentleman nurse puts it up and then you just see the two ladies just like give like a sigh or whatever. And like these are like frontline workers. If this was in April, they would not be doing that at all. It's almost as if like doesn't matter who you are. It's like everyone's like let their guard down. Not much, but about like, you know, like 20 25% like 30%. Yeah, I agree. It's very stressful because obviously like looking back to when things were an all-time high with COVID, you'd see like so many like posts of like nurses or doctors who were frontline. They'd be posting about, please just wear your mask because they were exhausted. They were crying. They were working all day. They're, com- they're like exposed to the virus because they're so working so hard to help people. And it was heartbreaking because you can only do so much to like yell at people, hey, pull your mask up. Hey, wear a mask. Hey, do your part. Versus now, obviously, everyone wants things to go back to normal because trying to work with COVID is exhausting. And it's even gotten to, like you said, with like the three nurses. It's Everyone's just very sick of it, but at the same time, no one wants to be here. But we have to all work together to get through it until we like, reach the end goal, which is actual normalcy. I want one more. Want to ask one more question for you? What do you think are some stuff that happened like in that March to April period? Do you think are gonna like normalize like for future years? Because I think there's a lot of stuff that like we did like that didn't have we really didn't think about during COVID. Obviously, think about now. I think for instance, obviously the use of Zoom and basically like, there's a lot of jobs that went from being in person like to now. It's like you don't really have to go in person. You can just do your same job on a computer. Even like something like this, for instance, it's easier honestly to record over Zoom and have the computer download the audio than it is to you know meet up with the same person at a physical location grab a microphone uh and even stuff like basic stuff like that we've seen more people you know do like grubhub and doordash and like pick up groceries online so uh, do you expect like all those trends to stay like up to shape like the next half decade or so or do you and like what are some other stuff you could see that like you know will age like decently honestly yeah especially the zoom aspect um obviously classes especially for syracuse depending on being mostly if not all in person next semester but at the same time i feel like they're not prepared that if anything ever happened again, whether COVID broke out again in a different form or a different disease came along around they need to quarantine. There's now a method of continuing school without that period of confusion, the unknown. Um, as for jobs, I think a lot of jobs that don't require like hands-on work like chefs or um, just stuff like that where like you need to like physically be there, like office jobs or even school as a teacher because of the Zoom, you're, that's now another opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm hoping the laziness, especially on my end decreases because obviously schooling is hard with COVID because you 
don't get that personalized time with a teacher where it's physically in person. And I can speak for myself. I know a few other people who've had the same um, feelings where it's harder to learn online because it's so easy to get distracted. Like, for example, like I have my phone next to me. Um, I have a few games next to me. It's like so easy to get distracted. I can minimize the screen and play a game on my laptop. So I think I'm hoping that with like the rise of normalcy, that will decrease. Um, I think just more activities to do when you're stuck inside is also going to stay the same. Like how to like weird trends people did in quarantine. While it might not be those exact things, I think that there's more things for people to realize that they can do on their own inside because of quarantine. All righty, Hannah, thank you so much for joining the pod. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. No worries. And for those, again, who are not tuned in just yet, uh, new episodes coming out every Tuesday and Thursday um, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining and have a great rest of your day.